This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 257, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, March 25th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is uh, your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 257. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from Wednesday, March 25th. Welcome to the show. Um, for the first time in many weeks, we're finally getting a reviews episode up, up on time. Yay! Um, so there's a lot of comics that came out last week. I actually read more than I think I have in recent weeks, but, um, I still feel like I, I failed to t- read nearly as many as I would have liked to. Um, uh, my, um, my pile of stuff from previous weeks that I haven't read is just getting larger and larger. I think it's up to about 40 something comics now. They're just, le- just going on red. Plus there's, you know, 18 comics that come out this week that I didn't read that I mean to, so... Combined, even after I do this episode and I'm done with March 25th, when I look at my unread stack, it'll be up to about 59 comics. So that is gross. Uh, so I really got to get more on the ball about reading more comics as they come out, because otherwise it just feels like it will never get never get finished, never uh, kind of get taken care of. Now let's just uh, jump into this week, though, why don't we? Uh, first up, we have Batman Eternal number 51. Uh, this is, I guess, the second last issue. Uh, sorry, actually, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Batman and Robin 40 is uh, up first, actually. Uh, this is written by Peter J. Tomasi, artwork by uh, Patrick Gleason. Um, I, you know, honestly, I really dug this issue. Um, I like how everyone's being written. I like how the, the Justice League was written here, especially um, Shazam for his brief little moment. I really enjoyed how Damien was written, uh, how Bruce was written, Alfred. I mean, this is just a fantastically written comic. Um, it just, it felt kind of pitch perfect in a lot of ways. Uh, it's sad too, because I guess this is really the last issue of this book. Uh, the nap, next book, next time we kind of come back to Tomasi and Gleason and their take on Damien, it's going to be in Damien's own ongoing, Damien, Son of Batman. Um, which is too bad because I just really dug this book. I think it was, besides that Two-Face arc, it was probably the most consistent, one of the more consistent books of the New 52, obviously Part of that's because you have the same writer and artist for the most of the run. Um, I just like the take on the characters. I, I, I thought that the the family relationship between Damien and uh, Bruce is extremely well portrayed here, um, especially with like Bruce trying to kind of figure out a way to keep his son safe without his son realizing his handiwork, so to speak, or his hand in everything. Um, by the end, I mean, it looks like Damien's powers are kind of burnt out. I like that it ended up being kind of a short-lived thing, but it was a, a, a tool that um, that was able to be used by Tomasi to kind of show the depth of relationship between the between the, the father and son. Um, just fantastic. And I even like the idea at the end that he's smiling. You know, he's got his son back, and his son is more or less back to normal now, which is normal for Damien anyway. Um, yeah, I just, I really, really dug this. Um, I'm not surprised anymore by how good their book is, and I like that it's still one of the few, kind of, well, not few, but one of the 299 books that's still out there, uh, giving you so much bang for your buck. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, next up is Batman Eternal, number 51. So now we're, now we're talking about it. Uh, it's the second last issue for Batman Eternal. Um, it's a very dialogue-intensive issue. It's a lot of kind of uh, monologuing by Clue Master. Um, as we finally kind of get the end of the, the what we saw in the first issue, we finally get to see it. 
Uh, it's written, well, sorry, the story is by Scott Snyder and James Tinney IV. Uh, it's scripted by James Tinney IV. Ray Fox, Carl Higgins, and Tim Seeley are listed as the consulting writers, with Alvaro Martinez on pencils, with Raul Fernandez on inks. I think their, their artwork here is absolutely fantastic. Um, the detail, uh, how kind of brutal the, the battle uh, between Clue Master and Batman is, or at least their, not even their battle, really, their, their, um, their interaction with each other is, is really well done. Now, the last kind of, you know, him getting his throat slit at the very, very end by uh, Lincoln March, uh, Owl Man, basically, uh, the, you know, the brother that was created by Scott Snyder and uh, James, well, mostly Scott Snyder, but also James Tinney the Fourth, I guess. They work a lot together, and so they kind of were behind that Thomas character from the first year of the Batman book when it was relaunched as part of the New 52, so it makes sense that we're kind of getting to see them again. Uh, interested to see where they go with this, um, for sure. I mean, hopefully it'll be interesting. Um, it just feels like there's a one issue left for a lot of kind of heavy lifting to be left in order to explain his presence and wrap up all the ongoing plot lines and fix Gotham and set it up for where Scott Snyder's already been with Endgame. Which, Endgame feels even worse now, or at least you know, piling on of Gotham, that you have Gotham kind of raging and fires and falling apart in this particular series. And then in Endgame, everything looks fine until the Joker infects everyone. Like, it just felt like a little much to have Gotham be wrecked that thoroughly in back-to-back events. Um, Anyway, I did enjoy this issue. I liked um, how Clue Master kind of sets everything out and it kind of makes sense. It's interesting. In some ways, it's bothersome because you almost want everything to, to line together a little bit more cleanly. And here it's kind of like, well, we had plans, and then you never really saw us coming. And yeah, because you're third rate. And yeah, I, I get the idea behind it, but at the same time, it just kind of bugged me for some reason. Uh, I'm still going to give it an 8 out of 10. I still think it was a very solid and enjoyable issue. Uh, next up is Daredevil 14. Love this. This is fantastic. Um, the whole concept of uh, Matt Murdock kind of fighting crime as kind of a combination of Matt Murdock and Daredevil is really cool. Uh, seeing what's 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 happening with um, seeing more of uh, the shroud, um, just really well done issue by Somni and uh, Wade. Again, I love the red suit with the DD belt buckle. Like it's it's very audacious, audacious um, but I'm just I'm just really loving this take on the character. I'm gonna be sad when Wade and Somni are done because they've just done so much for the character and they've rehabilitated him from somewhere. I didn't know if they'd ever be able to kind of cleanly get the character away from without pretending it never happened. Instead, it happened, but they're able to still make it work. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I think this was just one of the best books of the week. If not for Batman and Robin, it probably would be. Uh, next up is uh, Darth Vader, number 3. Uh, this is by Kieran Gillen and artwork by Salvador La Roca. This felt a little bit different. I still enjoyed it. It was still one of the, some of the better uh, La Roca artwork I've seen in a while. Um, it just felt a, little, a lot slower uh, in terms of you know the kind of the pacing I like the idea that you know Vader's kind of trying to put together an, you know, an army of his own basically uh, it just felt a little slow it was interesting and I just felt it was a slow issue a lot of slow setup and considering we're only at issue 3 it's a lot slower than I would have expected so I'm going to give it a 6 it was good it was okay it was slow it felt like a lot of it could have been done a lot faster the artwork was really good just I felt the, the script kind of let down the art in terms of just being this slow plotting story. Uh, next up is Death Lock number six. 
really enjoyed this. Um, I don't know if I quite enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed the rest of the series thus far, but very cool now that, um, you know, uh, Henry Hayes basically knows what's going on now, which changes the dynamic. It's written by Nathan Edmondson, artwork by Mike Perkins. Um, Perkins' artwork is, first of all, brilliant. Um, I like that, you know, there's so much going on here in terms of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s own investigation. You have Control and, uh, and or J.J.'s kind of discussions with uh, Henry to kind of keep him going um, and keep him moving on the mission and making sure that, you know, he doesn't let on what's going on so that to the superiors. The fact that there would appear to be another Deathlock unit is actually a really cool concept as well. Um, really digging this. Excited to see what, where they go next. Uh, as I said, it felt a little, not quite as strong as some previous issues, uh, it, but it is the kind of dynamic changing issue. Like, first of five issues kind of set the pace, and now we're changing it because now he knows what's going on. So um, I still enjoyed it quite a lot. Next up is Deathstroke number six. So I give it a seven and a half out of ten, by the way. Deathstroke number six is okay. Um, the whole idea of fighting against like his father, I still don't really get that. Um, but otherwise, Tony Daniel's doing a pretty good job. I like the weird team up with uh, Harley Quinn. Um, even though I'm not a huge fan of, you know, Carla Quinn at times being a little bit too funny and not, I don't know, something not about, she just doesn't feel like Carla Quinn to me. Um, but the whole battle with Deathstroke and uh, his dad was, you know, well illustrated. Um, the whole concept of, you know, everyone thinking like you're not even Deathstroke, you don't even look like him. I'm wondering if they're eventually going to explain this. Um, I did, you know, it was an okay issue. The artwork's great. It's, you know, an action-oriented issue. That's what you're really coming for. Uh, the story leaves a little bit to be desired. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, next up is Electra 11. I believe this is the last issue. Yes, it is. Um, very interesting. So it's written by uh, W. Hayden Blackman, artwork by Michael Del Mundo. Um, the artwork is, is brilliant. At times confusing based on what's going on. Even the story is a bit confusing in terms of Electric being almost dead and then she's not almost dead and what's going on with you know um, Bullseye kind of getting his youth sapped away from him uh, it just felt at times a little messy but still very interesting and then the end of the issue very cool with that she's there to uh, destroy the thieves guild was kind of a cool concept as well uh, she's led groups she's destroyed groups why not and leaving her kind of in the belly of the beast was kind of an interesting way to end the book um, I'm going to give it a six and a half there was a lot of good elements, but there was also at times I wasn't sure really what was happening in the art, and the scripting wasn't always as uh, clear and concise as it could have been. Uh, next up is Guardians of the Galaxy 25, which is the Black Vortex chapter. What this is chapter seven? Jesus, it just I do have to give them credit. It doesn't definitely feels like there's a lot of different elements going on here. Um, this issue is written by Brian Michael Bendis. Artwork is by. I can get that in a second. Artwork by Valerio Shiti, who I really enjoy. Um, so we have like Gamora and Beast dealing with the uh, Beast kind of freaking out that now that he can kind of see everything, he can't figure out a way to fix what he's done to the time-space continuum. Uh, you have um, the Guardians and the X-Men and Nova trying to, you know, kind of convince uh, the Supreme Lord not to do what he, what he wants to do um, against Earth, etc. And um, Nova takes off with the Black Vortex the X-Men and everyone trying to survive. Uh, then the Flying Fortress of Mr. Knife decides to destroy Hala. Uh, I don't think I like that they're just kind of destroying things so haphazardly here, especially something as big as Hala. Uh, and I don't know if it really gets the 
the um, the feeling it deserves in terms of what that really means for the Kree Empire. Like, I, I just feel like there's a lot going on, but at the same time, we're not really getting all the consequences of those actions. And then uh, we leave, you know, the storyline ends with, um, or the storyline, the issue ends with Nova having taken the Black Vortex, but he's kind of unconscious in space. And then you have um, Magic trying to kind of bring uh, Gamora and uh, Beast with her uh, to go join the others. And then you still have Cyclops and... Uh, Cyclops and Groot and uh, Iceman are at the mercy of um, of uh, Jason of Spartax. Um, so it's an interesting kind of way to leave the, the story. Um, not my favorite issue, and I don't think it need to be a four ninety nine issue, but whatever. Uh, and I don't really feel like it felt like you're getting that many extra pages that were worth it. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. It was all right. Again, for every good thing that it feels like this book does, there's a bunch of things that really bug me about it. And just not being that strong a story, I'll give it a six and a half. I'm being a little harsh. Um, and I do like the artwork by Valerio Shidi. Um, next up, alphabetically, is Legendary Star Lords, but I'm actually not going to talk about that yet. I'm going to talk about Nova instead, as because Nova is the next chapter of Black Vortex. Um, and that's, I guess, chapter what? I don't even know what chapter this is. Uh, Nova is chapter eight, which is a little crazy if you think about it because. They're just kind of going whole hog. Like three issues came out in one week as part of Black Vortex. Like that just seems like not a great idea. What's also weird is that the very uh, last page there's the you know Black Vortex kind of recap page telling you where to go next and also what issues have been part of it so far. And it erroneously mentions that uh, Nova is chapter eight. It just says or chapter six, I should say. It said it's at the top of the page, chapter six. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure an editor should have caught that. Um, that being said, I like this issue of Nova, but it feels like it's so different from where we leave the character in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, it's written by Jerry Dugan, artwork by David Balvion, so basically the regular creative team here. Um, they introduced this character, Gara. I don't even know if we've seen her before, but she has to destroy the Black Vortex. Anyways, Nova with the Black Vortex, he's on his way home, but he's not, you know, he's, he's already kind of alert, like we're kind of skipping ahead. And uh, he's struggling with the idea of you know, being becoming one with the Vortex and getting abilities and finding out more about Richard Ryder and trying to figure out more about what this is trying to mean to him. We see more of Thane and Mr. Knife, which again feels like, you know, sometimes he's wearing his mask, sometimes he's not. We have Sam on Earth uh, trying to figure out what to do with the Black Vortex uh, when uh, Alien, basically the Collector, and another character show up at his house, so he takes off uh, with the Black Vortex to try and get it away. Um, he ends up you know, on Spartax, or not ending up on, ending up on the uh, ship above Spartax, and ends up bringing it, you know, not meaning to, to Thane and Mr. Knife. Thane is able to then uh, tap into his own power that he gets from the Black Vortex. Not a bad issue. Um, it just felt very disconnected from the rest of the storyline because the other ones, it felt like we were managing a lot more characters and a lot more concepts and, you know, different teams breaking off into this and that and doing this. And this one felt much more straightforward and that it was just Nova, which is good and bad. Because in terms of the, the greater context of the storyline, we didn't get a lot of forward progression because we only dealt with one of the particular characters. That being said, we did get to see, you know, Thane uh, getting a hold of the Black Vortex, which definitely, you know, switches it up a gear. It just felt odd that we weren't getting any kind of um, balancing of other plot lines. But it was nice to just have a Nova issue that felt more like just a Nova issue. 
Um, but if you don't read the rest of the issues of Black Vortex, you won't understand what's going on anyway if you're just reading Nova. I'm going to give the Nova chapter an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Legendary Star-Lord, number 10. Uh, so we pick up from where we were in that previous chapter. Um, so now Thane has all this new power. Um, you know, um, let's see. They're kind of... They're, Thane's using his power to kind of encase things in amber, and he affects the entire planet of the Spartax, except for a few people who arrive right afterwards. Kitty Pride's able to... Um, phase out of it but she's one of the only ones and her and Peter declare their love which just still feels very it's not not right uh, Magic shows up with Gamora Rocket Raccoon, uh, Angel and Beast, they're trying to f- kind of figure out what to do next and then the uh, the Brood show up, the Brood have made a, a kind of a deal with Spartax the idea that after they conquer the galaxy he gets a ton of different planets for every ten planets the Brood conquer he gets one the idea that these new what the brood are doing now is that they're going to burrow into everyone who's encased in amber on, on Spartax and um, basically just start creating a ton of new broods so that they'll have enough to kind of destroy the galaxy. Definitely taking the storyline in directions I didn't expect, which that I appreciate. Um, you know, you think it's going to be one thing, it's turning into another thing. Um, it's interesting how many different ways it's going. At times, I really enjoy the storyline, and sometimes I'm just really bugged by it. This issue is written by Sam Humphreys, artwork by Paco Medina. Um, I liked it. I, again, the stuff with Star Wars and Kitty Pryde just doesn't feel gen, uh, genuine to me. Um, but I'm still liking the issue enough to give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, next up, our second last book of the week is New Avengers 32. So another chapter of uh, the kind of... Bef- Time runs out, leading up to Secret Wars. Um, I had to read it twice before I could really enjoy it. Uh, not that I didn't enjoy it the first time, before I was really kind of ready for it. It just felt not slow, and it was good. It just felt like more of this, a lot of talking, more of the same. And I felt like maybe we could have had more plot progression in other elements. Um, it's written by Jonathan Hickman, artwork by Mike Diodato, so it looks great. You have the team of you know, Nightmask, Starbrand, uh, Abyss, uh, Thor, Hyperion. They're, they're able to kind of go to different worlds. They end up going to one that certainly seems like there's, they're the Beyonders. They go up against two of these kind of characters from beyond, uh, try to stop them. Um, they take you know massive losses. They lose all of the Aleph's. Uh, all, all their energy is basically expent to create a giant tree. Um, Starbrand is basically killed. Uh, Night Mask is reduced to nothing just to get to this area. Uh, you have some really cool stuff with Thor and Hyperion, just kind of their idea that they're going to go out together. Um, you know, they're going to go out swinging, but they're going to die. And, um, you know, the, the, Thor will be worthy at the end when he's got, you know, the, the, the axe and him and Hyperion give it all. And uh, to go up against these Beyonders, and it's not enough. And then it would appear that they die, but who knows what they're going to end up kind of saying that happened instead. Um, it was good. I just thought the progression of the overall plot could have been a little bit better. Uh, seven and a half out of ten. Still very good. It just, something was felt off. It was almost too narrowly focused on these characters. Now, that being said, the moment of the kind of sacrifice reminded me a lot of the um, uh, the classic Mighty Thor storyline by Walt Simonson where Executioner dies um, because in terms of that kind of, you know, going out with honor. And uh, it's kind of really a badass moment. And lastly, we have New 52 Features N47 by 
wow, it's one hell of a lot of people. Uh, by let's see, Brian Azzarello, who's one of the writers on the on the, I guess the platoon, as well as Jeff Lemire, Dan Jurgens, and Keith Giffen. Our work by Andy McDonald, Alberto Ponticelli, and Alan Goldman, and then uh, inks by Andy McDonald, Alberto Ponticelli, and Dan Green, and colors by Hi-Fi. Um, it's finally about to end. Um, we're getting a lot of you know Brother I. We have Tim Drake putting on the Batman Beyond armor, which I don't know if. I guess they've been kind of building with that, but it didn't really work for me. I did like that Tim and Madison finally got to kind of have a moment together, although the artwork didn't quite do a lot of justice for that, just because, it, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen sometimes just means the whole thing looks inconsistent. And then in our current present, so the past of New 52 features end, Batman Beyond uh, goes into the past to stop Brother Eye before anything can happen, and is basically able to... Uh, to convince him, convince Brother Eye to destroy itself, which means that his kind of future won't end up happening. And then we don't actually get to see what happens, and this is something that bugs me about something that Bendis does a lot in his, his storylines, is that you'll have a character look at something and be like, oh man, oh no way. But we don't see what it is, and it just feels very shallow as a technique. I'd rather see it and go, holy fuck, than, oh, this character's looking at something that's shocking them. Fuck off. Like, it just it feels very lazy. Uh, instead of actually being interesting and shocking to me, you're going to shock the, the character I'm reading about. That's not really enough for me. So I'm going to give it a six, and, a 6 out of 10. So that's everything that we're going to talk about this week. Uh, books I didn't get a chance to review or read yet include Aquaman 40, Arkham Manor number 6, Batman 66, 21, Catwoman 40, Earth 2 World's End number 25, Effigy number, number 3, Flash 40, Gotham Academy number 6, Gotham by Midnight number 5, He-Man The Eternity War number 4, Infinity Man and the Forever People number 9, Justice League Dark number 40, Multiversity to Ultra Comics number 1, Red Lanterns number 40, Secret Origins 11, Sinestro 11, Star Spangled War Stories featuring G.I. Zombie number 8, Suiciders number 2, All New Ghost Rider number 12, Amazing X-Men number 18, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad number 1, Dark Tower Drawing of 3, House Cards, or House of Cards number 1, I actually don't even know what the exact title is because this is from Previews, or Diamond I should say, or Previews. Uh, Deadpool 44, Guardians 3000, number 6, Inhumans 13, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors, number 5, Nightcrawler 12, which I believe is the last issue of that book, unfortunately, Bat Powers, number 2, Secret Avengers 14, Thanos vs. Hulk, number 4, and Uncanny X-Men 32, as well as Wolverine's number 12. Uh, if we look ahead at this coming week, so comics to come out on Wednesday, uh, April the 1st, uh, some of the highlights will include uh, the following books. We've got from DC, Absolute Green Arrow by Kevin Smith hardcover. That's cool. Um, it's many, many, many years after the fact, and it's going to feel like a, an outdated artifact and based on the continuity it comes from, but that's cool. Arkham Manor Endgame number one, Batman and Robin Annual number three, so I guess we're not quite done with that yet. I'm wondering if it's by Tomasi or not. Uh, the last issues, uh, Batman Eternal, Earth 2 World's End, and New, Te- uh, sorry, New 52 Future's End. Um, Interesting that uh, the price of Earth 2 goes up, but New 52 Future's End does not. Um, other issues will be Convergence Zero. That's a big deal. Uh, the DC Comics Zero Year Trade Paperback, uh, which is only collecting the issues that tied into Zero Year, not the actual Zero Year storyline by Snyder and Capullo. Uh, Flash, a celebration of 75 years hardcovers coming out. There's a Gotham Academy Endgame one-shot. Uh, there's the new Teen Titans Trade Paperback Volume 2, a Sinestro Annual Number 1, Teen Titans Annual Number 1, as well as um, a hard... Wonder Woman gets a nice week. She gets a new issue, issue 40. Uh, the hardcover 
excuse me, volume six called Bones, and then the trade paperback volume five called Flesh uh, from, uh, let's see, IDW. These do John Romita, excuse me, Amazing Spider-Man Artifact Edition hardcover. That's very cool. There's uh, the My, My Little Pony's Friends, Friends Are Forever uh, trade paperback volume three. Uh, there's the Star Trek Gold Key Archives hardcover volume three. Um, from Image Comics, there's, uh, let's see, God Hates Astronauts number seven, uh, No Mercy number one. Uh, from Marvel, there's new issue of Amazing Spider-Man, issue 17, new issue of Avengers. It's part of uh, uh, Time Runs Out. There's the Avengers, Everybody Wants to Rule the World prose novel hardcover. There's Avengers Millennium number one, one shot. There's Avengers Ultron Forever, one shot. Um, there's Cyclops number 12, which is the next chapter of uh, Black Vortex. Uh, there's, let's see, Guardians of the Galaxy, best story ever, number one. Guardians Team Up, number four. Iron Fist, Living Weapon, number 11. Uh, another uh, Star Wars launch, there's Kanan, Last Padawan, number one. Uh, there's new printings of the Marvel Masterworks Avengers hardcover, volume one, as well as the Marvel Masterworks Invincible Iron Man hardcover, volume one. Uh, there's Once Upon a Time, premier hardcover, Out of the Past, uh, which is, I think, the second hardcover they've done for the Once Upon a Time universe. Uh, as well as there's a new issue of Spider-Gwen, issue number three. Uh, there's these $1 kind of, um, I guess, primers. There's True Believers, Age of Apocalypse, number one, and True Believers, Marvel of Zombies, number one. Uh, Uncanny and Humans, number zero. Uncanny Avengers, number three. And We're World, Trade Paperback, The Warriors of Shadow Realm. So that's everything coming out this coming week. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening to this episode. This has been episode 257, the comic reviews episode for Wednesday, March uh, 25th releases. I have been your host, Adam Chapman. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and post in our HG Realms threads as well. Uh, so thanks again for uh, listening to the show. Uh, next episode, not really sure what it's going to be yet. It's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be our next interview episode with Fabian Nicheza, although I'll hopefully finally know how to correctly pronounce his name. Um, So that'll be coming out either this coming week as episode 258, or it'll be episode 260. Uh, If it ends up being 260, then we'll have a solicitations episode for whatever month we're up to now. I think it's like May or something, May or June releases. Um, So we'll we'll be going through that at that time. and I think I think it's June releases now that I think about it, but I could be completely wrong. Anyways, that's what we've got uh, kind of cooking and uh, coming up. Uh, if you want to submit a question for Fabian Nicheza, uh, you can do so as long as I get it before 8 p.m. Uh, this coming Thursday, which would be April the 2nd, as that's the time I, I should be uh, hopefully having a chat, chat with him. Uh, also coming up on, I believe, the April the 13th, um, I'm going to be sitting down for an hour with... Uh, Chris Claremont, uh, who's going to be joining us via Skype for some interview questions. So um, if you want, have any questions you want to ask Chris Claremont, please send those in as well to comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Uh, also, we're working on scheduling something with Peter David. So if you have any Peter David-related questions, whether it be about Hulk or X-Factor or uh, upcoming you know, uh, Secret Wars 2099 or anything that he's ever done, and you just really want to get it on the podcast, uh, let me know what it is, and I'll, I'll make sure to try and uh, work it in and also give credit for that question. Uh, so thank you for joining us for this episode, and make sure to join, it, join us for the next episode, 258, which, as I said, will either be our Fabian Nicheza conversation episode or our next solicitations episode. So thanks a lot, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.